0: listening to the white oak houston podcast the official podcast of white oak baptist church in houston texas white oak exists to help people come alive to the wonder of the gospel and fully follow jesus for more information please visit us online at whiteoachurch.net what an amazing year can we one more time get for 2018 what a great year And uh, this is a really exciting Sunday. It's Vision Sunday. A lot of things going forward. I'm going to like scream probably half the sermon because I'm just so excited about everything that God is doing. But I'm trying to do something different in my life. I'm trying to practice gratitude more and not just be always on to the next thing. Maybe you're like me. And so I want to do what it says in Psalm 9, verse 1. I think it's up here. It says, uh, Psalm 9, verse 1. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So say that with me. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And so before I bust into 2019 and all the Lord has for us, uh, I want to recap with you uh, 2018. And I always forget how good every year is. And then when we do this Vision Sunday and I kind of give you a 2018 report, I'm I'm literally blown away. Uh, I was literally brought to tears as I was putting this list together. And if I look at 2018 for our church in the big picture, I believe that 2018 was a year of growth and maturity in the life of our church. Our church undeniably grew numerically, not just in attendance, but in serving in a lot of different capacities, and also a lot of us matured in our faith. We have a lot more leaders, people involved. Some of you were baptized, became members, got into community, and so across the board in the life of our church, 2018 was a year of of growth and maturity. And yet what I want to do, just so you know that whenever we have a Vision Sunday, it really means something, is I want to look back at 2018's goals. I want to hold ourselves accountable and see all the ways that God was faithful to us. And if you remember these four goals that I laid out a year ago at this time, you're like a super member, right? Because half the year, I forgot them, okay? And I just remembered all of them, right? But by God's grace, we accomplished them all. Our first goal, the number one goal last year, was we said in 2018, we wanted it to be the year of the outsider. Say it with me. The year of the outsider. So we wanted to be a church where when new people came in, they felt welcomed and encouraged. Uh, we wanted to see people get involved in our community and not just have it be the same people because I've been here for a long time. We wanted to welcome new people in. And I'm happy to report, and this number blows my mind, that we added 50 new members in 2018. Give it up for 50 new members. A lot of you are in this room. To give you perspective, I say this a lot, when I first became pastor, we added two members that first year, right? And I thought that was a lot, okay? And I was excited about that. We added 50 new people last year, and so by God's grace, we crushed this goal, White Oak. We estimate uh, that 30% of our membership is people who are new, that's an extremely healthy statistic for a church. It was a record high. We've never added that many members in one year, so that is wonderful. Also, in accordance with that, we built our Sunday squad, our greet team. We have a wonderful couple, Chris and Maddie Hawkins, that head that up, and a lot more volunteers on that. Uh, I don't have a stat for this, but we by far had more first-time visitors uh, than ever before. And so if you're here and this is your first time, it's okay. Like half the people in this room, it's their first time, so we're all in this together, right? Uh, we had a fall festival that was primarily an outreach event uh, led by our wonderful kids ministry director, Amy Horn. Get it for Amy. She's awesome. She... Uh... She heads up our, our preschool and also our kids' ministry, and she put on a fall festival, and we had 300 people at that, most of them from the community. Uh, by our standards, we think it's the largest outreach event we've ever had in the church, and so that's welcoming outsiders. Uh, and we also renovated our lobby out there in the front. We've got a lot of good feedback on that because that's the first thing people walk into. And so we wanted to be open and welcoming and inviting, and we had a wonderful facilities team led by Ryan Horn. He's running sound. now Good up for Ryan Horn. And our wonderful facilities team that didn't exist a year ago, but now it exists today. We've got at least probably 10 or 12 people on that team. Uh, They led the way on that project. So that was our first goal. I got to do this quick. Number two. We said it was the year of your next step, and so we wanted everybody in our church taking their next step, whether you were a new person or a long-time person. And there's a lot of ways we could measure this, but the main way we measured it this year is that we had 120 people in our church in weekly community beyond the Sunday service. So a Sunday school class or a Bible study or a community group, we had 120 people on a, in any given week. We've never had a number that high. And we estimate that roughly 80% of our membership here at the church is involved in a community group. Uh, or a Bible study. In most churches, a healthy metric is 50%, and we are at 80%, so that's super encouraging. We doubled our serve team volunteers from our uh, Sunday squad to our kids' ministry to our facilities team to our sound and slides team to all the different teams that we have. Uh, we, this is crazy. We commissioned nine new deacons and deaconesses, right? If you're, in, if you're a new deacon or deaconess and you became one this year, would you just stand up really quick? Where are they at? There's a few of them here. We had nine, so yeah. Give it up for them. There we go. Thank you. So they heard the vision. They responded to the vision. We had 30 people that we took through our first ever systematic theology class where we went deep in theology, and some of you were like, it was very deep, like I was drowning kind of deep, but you went through it, and you got through it, and we even had a test, and everyone passed it. It was wonderful. So 30 people in our church uh, grew in their understanding of theology. We baptized 11 people. Give it up for that 11 people. (laughs) We also dedicated eight babies and four children this year. We called it the year of the White Oak Baby Boom. I think we had like nine or ten babies born. And so guys, we're hoping to keep that trend up. And so let's get going. But, um, and then one more thing, one more thing. Um, I just want to show this. Let's show the picture. We had our first ever snow on the campus. And so God was working with us. He had a next step for us. It was wonderful. And that was part of the vision. Uh, number three was the year of alignment. And this is one of those ones that we weren't sure at the beginning of the year because we're like, I don't know how we're going to really measure that. Uh, but God in his providence, he knew how we were going to measure that. And really what we wanted was um, a lot of times when a church has been around for a long time, uh, we all go to church together, but we're kind of not on the same mission. We're doing different things and we're not really aware how what we're doing is connected to what somebody else is doing. And so we really wanted to kind of bring our church together because we believe we can get a lot of momentum in our church if we're all on the same mission, go in the same direction. And we weren't sure kind of how we were going to evaluate that. We just felt like God was wanting us to say that. And so uh, a few ways I think God came through with that, because we didn't even know this at the time, but we did the New Day Vision vote, which I'm going to talk about here in a second. And uh, we passed that vote by 92%. That's a miracle. I say in a Baptist church, 85% is unanimous, okay? And 50% is a big deal. You see politics, no one agrees on anything anymore, right? And yet we were extremely aligned on that. Uh, We also, this one's crazy, uh, our average members meeting attendance. If you've been around for a while, we used to have members meetings or you you call them business meetings and there would maybe be like, I mean, maybe sometimes four people, but usually around 12 people at those meetings. We grew those from 12 to an average of 105 people show up. That's like a thousand percent or something, right? Now we did add food to that. So I got to be honest about that. We, We provided food, okay? So people started coming out the woodworks for that, right? Uh, but once again, people were involved in hearing what's going on in the church. And then lastly, we also, this past month, we had our single highest financial giving month ever in the history of our church. We brought in $55,000, which we've never brought in that much before. Our goal was sixty; and we felt a little bit short, but it was still our highest giving month that we've ever had. And so we came together to give. And our last goal, number four, was the one that made us the most nervous. It was called the year of 200. And so uh, about a year ago, our attendance on a Sunday morning was running around 150 people, which they say in not only in church world, but in any kind of organization, 150 is the hardest barrier to break. There's like that tribe mentality that, you know, it's hard to break, but we want to invite more people into our church, right? And so we said we wanted to be the year of 200, which was probably uh, a, a very ambitious goal because that meant we want to grow by 33% in a year, which is a lot. They say healthy churches grow at about 10% a year. And yet we said, you know what? Let's just kind of say that and see what happens. We like the way 200 sounded. And what I'm happy to announce to you is that in the year of 200 this past year, we had our biggest Easter attendance ever at 309 people, which is the biggest gathering we've had um, in the last few decades. We had 210 people gather with us at our Christmas Eve service, our largest Christmas Eve gathering. Towards the end of the year, we were running 200 every single Sunday. And this past week, as a matter of fact, uh, the first week of the new year, we ran 208 people, which is our largest Sunday attendance outside of a normal big Easter Sunday or something like that. So thank you for inviting your friends. Thank you for joining with us. It was a great year. And I think that anyone who is a part of our church or looking in on our community knows that God is blessing us. Uh, We look back a year ago and we see all that God has done. We see the renovations. We see all the new people, the new groups, the new leaders, all the things that are doing well. And though it's not every year, we are thriving. God is blessing us. And yet, though we are thriving, I think we have to be honest and we have to be considered about the bigger picture beyond our church, we have to admit this, the American church technically is not thriving. Our story is not normal. You will occasionally hear about a church that is growing, but that's maybe one church out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of churches across our nation, and though we've had a, a, a year where we've grown in every single way and God has been faithful to us, we need to realize that churches close their doors every single year and every single year in our city. If you drive down 34th right now, you will drive by two churches that within the past year or two have closed their doors. They are for sale. I remember when I first became the pastor here at White Oak and we weren't sure kind of what the future was going to look like, I remember thinking to myself, if we don't make it, this would be a great spot for an HEB. I hope that doesn't happen, right? I love Kroger. I do. I love Kroger, but I love HEB more, okay? And I was like, we got a great setup, but by God's grace today, we're not an HEB. Give it up for that, right? Yeah. We're a church. But we have to be honest and, and realize that, that we live in very interesting times, And though God is blessing us, the the general state of the American church is not growing. The Southern Baptist Convention, which we are affiliated with, uh, to my knowledge this past year, announced its lowest increase in membership in its past 50 years. And so we are a part of a tradition that, if we're honest, in many ways, is not thriving either. Let me give you some statistics really quick. There was a recent Gallup survey that came out. And this is an important uh, survey for the church because it spanned from 1948 to 2017. So um, it's it's kind of a long-ranging data which makes it more accurate. And what they point out in this study is that this, what's interesting is that in the past 50 or 60 years, uh, people who identify as Catholics have roughly stayed the same. So about 22% of Americans identify as Catholic and that stayed the same. Jewish is about 4% in our context and that has stayed the same. But the big change over the last 50 or 60 years, according to the data, is this. That in 1948, 68% said they were Protestant Christians. Protestant basically means a non-Catholic, Bible-believing Christian. In 1948, 68% said they were Protestant Christians, and yet today, only 37% say they are Protestant Christians. That is a 31% decrease In the past 60 or 70 years. That is dramatic. And so that group is the group that has shrunk, and the group that has grown is referred to as the nuns. And these are people who, um, they didn't leave Protestantism to go to another religion. They just don't have any religion or any belief anymore. And that group in 1948 was only 2%, and yet today it is 18%. And so there is a group that is growing and it's people who basically don't have anything to do with God. And we are part of a tradition and we want to be a part of a resurgence of gospel-centered, Bible-believing Christianity coming back to reach people again and begin growing again the same way that our church has grown this past year. In 1992, 72% said they regularly went to church so 25 years ago. And today that number is only 55% say they go even just occasionally. And the statistics also say that if you are above 18 years old, the younger you are, the less likely you are to go to church. And so how does the church respond? What does the church do? How does a struggling church come back to life? I hold a deep conviction within my heart that any dying church— that any struggling church can come back to life. I believe it can. I believe God wants churches to grow. I believe God wants churches to thrive. I believe God wants you to be effective for the gospel. And yet I think what we have to realize is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 19, chapter nine. So if you have your Bible, turn there with me, 1 Corinthians chapter nine, verses 19 through 27. I'm gonna read this quickly. I'm gonna give a couple points out of it. And then I'm gonna uh, begin casting our vision for this year and what I think God has for us. But I begin with the conviction that any church can grow again, that any church can reach its context because the gospel, I believe, is beautiful and people want it and they they have a God shaped hole in their heart. And yet we have to listen to 1 Corinthians 9 if we are going to reach a context that is increasingly not affiliated with Christianity. Paul writes this telling the church in Corinth, who was trying to reach a very pagan audience. He writes to them and he tells them this is how he conducts his ministry and this is how he reaches people across many different places. He says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law." To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. Verse 24. Do you not know? And so, in that passage, what Paul is simply saying is that uh, to the church in Corinth is that whenever you are reaching people, you must consider them. You must consider their worldview. You must consider how to love them. You must consider how to serve them. You you must consider uh, the way in which they will understand the love of Christ. My wife and I have um, been doing a lot of self-examination recently. And uh, we've been taking like the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs and all that kind of stuff. Anyone here know what their Enneagram is? Raise your hand if you know the Enneagram. Yeah, it's kind of growing in popularity. Um, But what's what's really cool is, um, I know it's a basic fact, but we we took these tests and we're like, we're really different, wow. Like we are like completely different people in every way, right? And, And so often what we try to do is we try to love people the way that we wanna be loved and not the way that they wanna be loved. And we don't realize that their whole life has shaped the way they see everything. And so you might be communicating to your spouse by doing the dishes that you love them, but they really want you to hold their hand, right? Or you might be communicating that you love them by, um, oh, I don't know, um, telling them that, that, that you think that they're awesome, but, but they would rather you take care of the crying, screaming baby, you know? There's a lot of different ways that we receive love. And in the same way, our culture, we have to realize that they, they did not grow up for the most part in church, And so as we engage them, we have to realize that things have changed. And the older that you are, the the more you've seen this happen. We've seen a reality that in about two generations, Christianity has gone from being um, like, kind of like the the staple belief in our context to almost, if we're honest for some people, kind of like a nuisance. Let's just say it this way. We, We have completely lost our home field advantage in our context. And so what that means, and I think what Paul says here, is that we must begin uh, operating as missionaries. We send missionaries, but we also have to live our lives like we are missionaries. Basically, America has become a lot more like the context that Paul was reaching in his time. That the past 50 years was an anomaly. We're back to what's normal in redemptive history. And so the reality is we have to consider our context if we're actually going to fulfill the Great Commission. And the way that we do that— is to be a good missionary and to think missionally about our church and how we structure ourselves, how we present ourselves to the community. Paul says, I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air. He's like, I I take it seriously how I present myself. I take it seriously what I do. I think about the Jews or the Gentiles or whoever I'm trying to reach. And so this passage is utterly important today because I believe, right, based on all my research and what I've seen, that the last 50 years we've seen the greatest shift in America's religious heart than ever before. Things have changed and things are different. And this concept applies to every church, including ours. We must be saying, how are we going to live this out? And so it was in that mindset that about three months ago, That a miracle literally happened in our church. I know walking on water is cool, but getting a church to agree on one vision, on one direction, I honestly believe that's more miraculous, especially if you grew up in church. You know, that's not the norm. And so we wanted to live out 1 Corinthians 9 and not just read it and say, yeah, I got it, and then not do anything about it. We wanted to be a part of what we believe is a gospel-centered resurgence In our city. There's a lot of great churches and we want to do our part to bring the gospel of Jesus to people that have never heard that before. And so we put forth a radical vision forward to the church and it was a radical vision. And if I'm honest, it's a vision that most churches would not have passed. But that's okay because 80% of churches in America are either plateaued or declining. And so the reality is, is that most of the churches in America are shrinking and yet they're not willing to change things in order to reach a new and emerging generation. And we did not just want to become another one of the churches that had a history and closed down. We didn't want our church to become an H-E-B, though we love H-E-B. And so we put a vision forward to you. And Waduk, I want to applaud you because as we put forward the the New Day vision, you said yes to this vision. We began to have conversations that said if our only concern was how do we glorify God and how do we reach people for the gospel, what would our church look like? If everything was on the table, if we held nothing back, if we gave Jesus free reign of our church and said, you can do whatever you want— To reach your people, what would this church look like? If we said there are no sacred cows, there's no idols, there's no obsession with past glories, what would we do? How would we posture our church for maximum fruitfulness in our generation? And as our leadership began asking that, the the answer became very clear that we would replant and restart our church with a new name and a new commitment to do whatever it takes to reach people who are far from God. God began to put on our heart the name New Day Church because New Day was our theme last year, long before we even had ideas of doing any of the things we're talking about today. It's crazy like how much life can change in a year, isn't it? It's like when you have a kid, it's like I'm a completely different person than I used to be. And in a sense, what happened is it's almost like White Oak became pregnant with this thing called New Day, and there came a point where we're like, now we need to give birth to this thing. God's doing something. It's growing. Something's happening. People from the community are getting connected. So, something new is on the way, and we want to keep that going. And so we, we said we pr- proposed something to call the church New Day Church with a, a new commitment. And we love that name New Day because we believe it tells of our story That five years ago, this church was literally on the brink of shutting down. This chapel was literally shut down. It was not being used. We couldn't afford to run the air conditioning. And yet we're filling it up today with a vision for the future. And so we put forward the New Day vision and what that means is that this fall we will launch New Day Church and by God's grace, all of us in this room, we will be a part of it. We will become the founding members of this new exciting work. And so that's the backstory this morning. And I had to tell you that because if I didn't tell you that, the the vision for this year would not make sense. And so it is with that in mind that I am excited to share with you the vision for 2019. But I need one thing for you. I need a drum roll, okay? I mean it. Give, give, give me a drum roll. I need it louder. One more notch. Come on. That being said, the 2019 vision for White Oak Church is September 15th, 2019. Good. Yeah, I like it. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you guys would be like, what? That's what I was expecting, okay? I'm, I'm glad, but you guys are all in no matter what. I, I appreciate the support, right? But you're supposed to be like, I don't get it, okay? Because i, I got to build it up. Come on now, help me out, right? The vision for the year is September 15th, 2019. And yet I want to explain to you why a random date is the vision for this year. And I want you to lean in really close with me over the next 10 minutes because I want to paint a picture that is crystal clear in your mind that you are desiring to be a part of. Our vision for 2019 is September 15th, 2019, and here's why. On September 15th, 2019, Lord willing, you will wake up in your bed. You will put your clothes on. You will brush your teeth, hopefully, okay? Okay? If you have kids, you will stress to get them ready because they don't ever do what you tell them to do. And you will hop in the car. You will drive across town. On September 15th, 2019, you will pull into this parking lot, I believe. You will step into this room and you will be amazed. You will be worshiping in this room with some 400 people as a new church for a new day explodes into this city and into this community. On that day, you will be part of a new church called New Day Church. On that day, you and I will be founding members of this new, exciting, and ambitious work of God. And on that day, we will all look around in this room, stunned, amazed, in wonder, shocked. Because we know that just five or six years ago, this church was in crisis, near the point of death, The sanctuary was literally shut down because we had no money, no vision, and few people. Yet on September 15th, 2019, we will look around this room together with some 400 people and know that in just five short years, God did a miraculous work before our eyes, which confirms to us that God truly does raise the dead. And what is this church going to look like, you might ask? What, what, what is going to be distinctive of New Day? What kind of church is it going to be? I don't know exactly. We're going to figure it out in the next eight months. But I can tell you a few things for sure. Number one, it's going to have a bold gospel. We are going to be a church that helps a confused culture learn what Christianity really is. It's about the gospel or the good news of Jesus being at the center it's going to be bold because it's going to call people to actually change, to give up their old life. Jesus is not to add-on to your life. It's going to be a call to really become new in Christ, but it's also going to be bold because you don't have to earn it. It's a free gift so you can rest. You don't have to stress yourself out to earn salvation. New Day Church is going to have a bold gospel, but it's also going to encourage very deep discipleship. People will be growing in their faith. They'll be growing in ways they never thought possible. People will be becoming leaders who never thought that they could lead. It'll be a church where growth is expected. Growth is the norm and we're all stepping into our new day. Even myself as the pastor. It's gonna be like a real family too. We're gonna do life together. We're not gonna be a church that's just full of strangers who sit next to each other and sing songs on Sunday. We're gonna know each other We're going to love each other. We're going to make time for each other. We're going to do life together. People will feel the love that we have for each other and for them the second they step on this campus. It's going to demonstrate true love. We're going to be co-laborers together putting on this church. We want to give the ministry to the people. This church is most effective when the people work together to love each other. We're going to define love not as a feeling or as an emotion, but love will be service We're gonna love our community by being involved in our community and serving our community. And it's also going to have a wide reach. We will not keep the wonder of this gospel and this church to ourselves, but we will boldly go out and share with our friends and family that this is a place for them too. We will create a church that we can't wait for our family and our friends to visit. But that's not it On September 15th, 2019, not only will New Day Church be a new, exciting work, but you will be a very different person as well. You will not be the same person that you are today. No, you will be so much different. How will you be different? And why will you be different? You will be different because on January 13th, 2019, that's today, FYI, you decided to quit playing games with God and get serious about your faith and get serious about helping us build this church. Because on January 13th, 2019, you made a decision to say, this is the year I'm finally gonna go all in with Jesus. I'm gonna quit standing on the sidelines. I'm gonna quit living a prayerless life that I am going to become the person that I know God wants me to be. And 2019 is gonna be the year that I do it. On September 15th, 2019, you will look back on this day, and you will look back on the past eight months, and you will see 2019 as the year that you finally got it. On that day, you will look back on the last eight months of your life, and you will be stunned, amazed, and in disbelief at the progress that you have made in your faith and in your life. On September 15th, 2019, you will have a vibrant prayer life unlike you've ever had before. On September 15th, 2019, you will have a thriving marriage rooted in the gospel regardless of your past and you will be loving your spouse and you will be forgiving your spouse and not holding the ways they've wronged you against them any longer because you gave that up on January 13th, 2019. You will know more of the Bible than you've ever known before. You will have more scripture memorized than ever before. You will have more peace in your life than ever before because you decided eight months ago to fully trust God. You will have much less anxiety in your life because you've been leaning on his faithfulness like never before. You will be sitting in this launch service next to somebody who you invited because you've learned how to engage people for the gospel. You will have a big, wide smile. Smile for me. You'll have a big, wide smile because you know that your future is secure. You know that your eternity is in God's hands and no matter what happens to you in your life, you know you're good and you know you're taking care of it, so you don't fear. On September 15th, 2019, you will shake the hand of a person in this church who you are in community with. And as you show up to the church, it won't feel like strangers, it will truly feel like a family. On September 15th, 2019, you will sing the songs with us loudly And you will raise your hand because you don't care anymore. People around you think you're learning to get rid of the fear of man in your life. You will give generously and you will be happy to do so. And then afterwards, you will pick your kids up from a thriving kids ministry where they're learning about how God loves them so much in a million different creative ways. And you will drive home from this place on September 15th, 2019, You will drive away from this church building, enjoying the rest of your day with your family, celebrating all of God's faithfulness. And you will lay your head down on that night, amazed that God used you to launch this new church. It will become one of the moments that you look back on for the rest of your life as an example that God used your life to do great things during your time here on earth. I want September 15th, 2019, to be one of the best days of your life. I want it to be one of the days that you remember on your deathbed. I want it to be one of the proudest accomplishments of your life. Why, it's not very often that you get to be the founder of something. And for many of us, this is the shot that God is giving us. And I know this sounds lofty, I know it sounds like a big ideal. But I have a question for you this morning. Why can't we just trust God for big things? Why can't we just trust that he's gonna do a big work in our life this year? I feel the cynicism rising up too. I feel the doubt rising up too. I feel past hurt rising up too. But why can't we just trust God more than our past? Why can't this year be the year you finally get it in your walk with the Lord. Why can't you be a thriving disciple of Jesus because of what he does in your life over the next eight months? But here's the thing, church. We will only see that day then if we make a decision today. Today. We will only see that day in the future if today that we decide to go all in over the next eight months both as a church and also personally and make September 15th one of the best days of our lives. And so if we have eight months to get there. We have eight months. I got a lot of room. I need to grow to make that happen and I'm sure you probably do too. And if we're going to do this, we have to make two commitments to each other. Number one, We have to commit right now in this place to come together and to do our part in building New Day Church. This is going to be an exciting year. A lot of new things are happening. We're also going to be setting the culture, and we need your help with that. We need to create a strong culture, a loving culture, a Christ-like culture, so that when all the new people come on September 15th, 2019, it's already set in stone, we want to set the bar high because as the, like, like think about America, the, the, the founders kind of set it up and kind of whatever they founded, that kind of became the norm going forward. And I believe God is calling us to do that in this place. And so I need you to commit to me and I to you to come together to do whatever we need to do to participate in all the different things that we're going to launch this year in order to get ready for New Day Church. But I also need you to make one more commitment. I need you to make a commitment between you in God, to take your faith more seriously this year than you ever have before. I need you to make a personal commitment to step into your new day and to build your walk with God, and to to go all in and to discipline yourself and do whatever you have to do to realize your new day. If we want to get to a place that we've never been, we have to do things that we've never done before, and that's what we want to do here in this place. And so it is with that that I'm going to give you the five practical things. So the big vision for the year is what? September 15th, 2019. Say with me. September 15th, 2019. I double-checked that this morning to make sure. I hope I got the date right. I was like, that would be so embarrassing, right? I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so funny, wouldn't it? Probably would have been funnier if it was wrong. But it, it was right. I got it right. So, um, but here's the thing. It's a lofty goal. And that's the vision but I want to lay before you what we're calling the strategy. And I believe that it's these five things that I'm about to lay before you that I think are going to help us get there. And we're going to do all five of these things together. And for each one of these things, I'm going to give us a vital biblical principle. And so I'm going to give you the why behind this is why we do this, but then also the practical strategy for accomplishing it. And I'm so excited to lay this before you today. The first thing uh, that we're going to do to get ourselves ready for this, something we've never done uh, we're going to do a seven-month deep dive in the book of Matthew. And so if you've been around White Oak for a while, you know, normally we do um, sermon series. and Maybe they're four weeks or they're eight weeks or 12 weeks if it's long. And yet we're just kind of be crazy this year. And literally between now and we launch the church, we're basically going to be in one book of the Bible. It's the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament. Because we just want to soak in the teachings of Jesus to where it's just spewing out of us. We want to dive deep into this book. We want to memorize parts of this book. We're going to preach like a lot of sermons on one book. We're going to cover the book. We're going to tear it apart. We're going to dive deep. We're going to go deep. We're going to learn it. And the reason why we want to do this is because we want, uh, I I just pray the number one um, kind of mark of New Day Church is that we have a bold gospel. I think this is so important in our day because I think the biggest problem in our culture is that most people, they don't know what Christianity is. And it's so dangerous because people think they know what it is, right? You ever met someone who thought they knew something and they didn't know anything, right? It's dangerous and it's annoying, right? And if, like, if you ask a person today, what's Christianity? They're going to say things like, oh, it's about going to church. That's not what it's about. I mean, that's part of it, right? What's, what's Christianity about? Uh, being a better person, No, I mean, that's part of it, but that's not really the core of what it's about. A lot of religions teach being a better person. What's what's Christianity about? Oh, just about getting through the tough times in life and finding some hope. That's great, that's a part of it, but that's not really what it's about at its core. What makes Christianity unique, what makes it actually able to save a person is that the world is broken and God himself fixed it in Christ. We want to be a church that clarifies a very confused Christianity in our day. We want to be a gospel-centered church proclaiming the gospel. It is sad that you can walk into some churches today and you rarely hear about Jesus. You rarely hear about the cross. Trust me, I I got some personality. I can rile you up. I can get you excited. I can say, well, I never heard that before. That's cool. I I can say some of that stuff. That's not going to really change your life. And so we want to be a church with Jesus at the center of it. And so the first thing that we're going to do this year is we're going to make a commitment to come and gather on Sunday mornings together to help our church build momentum, create synergy together by gathering weekly to be reminded of the gospel. And we're going to be learning the gospel every single week. We're going to learn it. We're going to believe it. We're going to memorize it. We're going to, we're going to just listen to the teachings of Jesus. And we're going to go through the longest sermon series that we've ever done because we want to be all about Jesus in this new work. So the first one is we're going to do a seven-month deep dive into the book of Matthew. The second thing that we're releasing this year that we're super excited about or something we're, that we're calling New Day Classes. Say that with me. New Day Classes. Say it with me. New Day Classes let me tell you why we're, we're doing that. Uh, one of the things that we have noticed, and I, I think even as a pastor, I have to admit this and own this, is that White Oak is a great church. There's a lot of great things about our culture. And yet, as I was reflecting and talking to some of our, our leaders, our elders, our deacons, and different people, um, I kind of became aware of this reality that uh, one of the downsides of our church, if we're honest, is that I think we've created a culture where people like it, and it's fun, it's engaging, and there's cool people, and we love it. But it's kind of possible to be a part of our church for a year or two and not really grow that much. And we've had to admit that. And we've had to realize that. I gave you all the hype earlier. This is like the, ooh, man. It's like confronting your issues, right? This is like the AA meeting right now, Right? And so we've had to realize that it's possible. Some of you in this room, maybe you've even been here for a long time, maybe you had a season of growth, but you're like, man, I've probably grown in, grown in two or three years. And one of the reasons why we think that is, and I just want to be clear, I talk to a lot of pastors, this is a problem at like every church, okay? This is, this is a kind of a common thing, but um, we don't really have the environment where it's really just kind of no nonsense and let's like learn this stuff. We love community. Our culture is really good on community. We love relationships and friendships. And yet what we have come to find is that because people are not growing up in the church, when they walk in our doors, they don't know the Bible. They make a lot of friends, but they don't learn the scriptures. And so we want to create what we're calling new day classes, which are no-nonsense discipleship classes for every age and stage in the life of our church. New day classes will happen at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings, kind of like a Sunday school if you can envision it. Uh, It'll be 9.30 to 10.15. And we have a curriculum that we have specifically built from people within our church for you intentionally. I'm excited to show it for the first time. This is it right here. This is it right here. This is your new day. Okay, this is the packet that's gonna do it, right? Yeah, clap for that, clap, yeah, yeah. Pastor uh, Pastor James headed this up and did a lot of it. It's a lot of work to write this curriculum, y'all. Okay, it's a lot of work. Amen. My wife helped too with some. It's it's a lot, a lot of work, right? But basically what we've done is, is created a curriculum with our people in mind. This is no stock thing you buy from Lifeway, which that's cool, you know. But this is made for you. Through conversations that we've had with you. And so New Day classes will be places where we can come and, and be discipled. And, and we've broken it up into three different things because we're learning how to disciple people. One is the heart. We're going to start with the heart. How do you personally develop a walk with the Lord? How do you actually get a prayer life? What is silence? How, what is solitude? How do you not be so anxious all the time? We're going to help your heart. We're going to disciple you in that. The second part of the course is going to be the head. It's going to be the theology, the information, the things you have to know. We're going to have you memorize uh, certain verses of scripture so you don't just like know things you believe. You can point into the Bible where it actually is. You can quote scripture. And the third thing we're going to do is help you become a, a leader and a lover of the people around you. We want you to mature into your walk with the Lord. One of the best things of Oak because this is a place where you can step up and you can lead. We have a lot of great leaders and people growing in their leadership and we want to help maximize your faith. And so one of the ways you can do that is after service, we're just launching it today. You can go to the kiosk and sign up for one of those. I wanna encourage every one of you to sign up for one. I wanna encourage you to do that. You can also go on the website and sign up for one of those as well. Registration will only be for the next two weeks. And after that, the registration will be closed. And so I wanna encourage you to sign up for one of those. Show up to church a little bit earlier and just commit from February to May. It's only going to be three or four months to taking that next step and learning what you need to know to be a deep disciple of Jesus Number three is this, we want to be a church of real family, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of our community groups coming up. Once again, we have the discipleship piece where you're going to learn, but we also want to be relational. Uh, Most of the people in our church that I talk to who are, are really growing are in community, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. In Matthew 12, verse 50, Jesus says, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And so we want to create a church that is family, and the way that we do that is to be in a community group. We're going to launch the sign up for that here in a week. And I want to encourage you to sign up to be in community and let's be a church. where um, When people come in, we're opening up our homes and we're sharing meals with them and we're loving them and getting to know them. We often say that in discipleship, that's where we learn kind of how to pray. It's how we learn how to support other people. And then community groups prepare a place where we can actually do that. And so I want to encourage you to be in a community group. Number four, the next one is this, and this might be the one that I'm most excited about. Um, At the, in the beginning of March, we're going to launch what we're calling the New Day Launch Team, and I want to encourage all of you to be a part of this. Yeah, give up for the launch team. Yeah, you don't even know what it is, but clap for it. (laughs) Woo, yeah, launch team, yeah. What is the launch team? Okay, here's the launch team, right? Um, Basically, the launch team is going to be the group of people that actually launch our church. And so I need you to listen here, because if you don't, you're going to get a little bit confused, right? And then you're all going to be emailing me, and I'm, I'm really bad at email. And so let me try to have one conversation and then tell all your friends so they know. Uh, the way that we're doing this is obviously we haven't launched the church officially yet. And so basically between March and probably July or so, we're going to have this thing called the launch team, and that's going to be all of us who are committed together to getting this place ready to launch this new church. There's gonna be three things that people on the launch team are gonna do and most of you are probably already doing them. One, we're just gonna ask that you gather with us on Sunday mornings to learn the vision. We're gonna be casting the vision this year. You gotta learn it. So come gather with us. Number two is give. We're gonna ask you to be at least on one serve team, right? And a lot of our serve teams, literally it's uh, one hour every eight weeks. And so the bar is low, but there is a bar, okay? It's like, it's like right here, okay? But you know, at least be on one serve team helping to do this with us. And then also, we just want to encourage you to be inviting your friends and telling them about this new work. We want to be sharing the word with everybody. And so, the launch team is basically going to be the people that are going to prepare the church. And then during the summer, whoever's in the launch team, that team will transition to become the founding membership of this new work. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do a time capsule and everything. It's going to be so cool. Which, by the way, we actually have another time capsule from like 80 years ago, and we're going to show that in this process. It's really cool. But we're going to be a part of that. Then the fifth and final thing is this, the last thing is this, is that we're going to have what we're calling New Day Church Preview Services. Uh, We're having conversations with you. We're also open to feedback if you have anything. Uh, We're going to make tweaks to our services and kind of how we do things and the flow because once again, we want to think like missionaries. So if you have feedback, let us know. We're going to tweak some things. Not everything's going to change, but certain things are going to change. And we're going to have a few preview services uh, throughout the year, and we're all going to invite our friends to them, right? Because that'll be an image of what the church is going to look like whenever it launches. Uh, Probably starting in either March or April, we're going to do about one a month. And then also, because our Easter service was so big last year, we're going to do two services on Easter, uh, because we won't be able to fit everybody in the room, and that will also be a preview service. And so it's just going to give you opportunities to invite your friends, we're going to give you invite cards. And all of that wonderful stuff. And so I want to say this right now. I know it's a lot of information, right? Vision Sunday, I basically have to pack in eight months of stuff into like a 45-minute sermon. And so what I want to do before I close is I want to give you just the one step that I really want you to take. Because we talked about a lot. And it's overwhelming. And don't feel overwhelmed. We're going to explain it throughout this entire year. But here's my my one ask, right? Here's the one thing that I would just pray that you would prioritize. And I believe that if you take this step, this process will be simple and straightforward for you and you'll be a vibrant part of what we're doing. I wanna encourage you to sign up, as I said earlier, for a New Day class. Uh, Those are environments that we're building intentionally, not just to disciple you, but also to really help you understand what New Day Church is gonna look like and how you can be involved in it. Not everything is going to change, but there will be changes this year, um, and we want you to be a part of that. And yet, in order to do that, we have to be a part of the things that are, that are happening and the new things that are emerging. It is our goal that every member we currently have is a part of this new work with us. And yet, in order to do that, we have to unite together, and in our New Day classes is where we will train people to do these things. A new day class is an environment, it'll be gender specific. And so, you know, even split up the genders, no nonsense, right? Um, we're gonna be a lot harder on the guys and the girls, FYI, right? Just that's how we do it, right? It's biblical. But, um, but we're gonna split up into life stage and gender specific. We're gonna provide teachers for you and curriculum for you. And we're gonna walk you step-by-step step through this process so that, re- so that September 15th, 2019 really is your new day. And so as we draw to a close... And before we um, break to go enjoy a wonderful lunch together, I've given you one step. That's a New Day class. You can register online. You can register at the kiosk. If you struggle with technology, just come up to me. I will literally put your information in there for you. I will fill out for you on the kiosk. But I gonna leave you with two verses. It's in Luke chapter 1, verses 78 through 79 This is somebody who is speaking of Christ who is coming and what he's coming to do in the lives of people. It says this, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And so in this passage, what is being said is that Jesus comes to bring light to our darkness. And I want to encourage you to be a part of that this year. I want to encourage you to be a light bearer with us. I want to encourage you to realize and to declare that Satan, sin, pain, struggle, and darkness— cannot keep your sun from rising. One of the statements we've been saying this year is you can't stop the sun from rising. A new day is coming and Jesus is bringing it. We want New Day Church to be a place that when people come, they just know everything's about to change. We want to be a place where we don't just play church. We don't just show up and bow our head and head home. We want to be a place where people are truly experiencing their new day because we believe that Jesus can change everything. It's gonna be an amazing eight months. So let's commit to walk with Jesus in each other. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing in this place. God, I thank you that in five years, we have seen this church come back to life in so many different ways, Lord. God, I pray this church will become a place where that message is proclaimed and held up very high. And Lord, we do proclaim that we have a big vision for September 15th, 2019, not just for our church, but for the lives of every person here. Father, that day could be so glorious. And yet we need your help. We need you to do the work. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to help us make the decision today on January 13th, 2019 that we will not be the same person on September 15th, 2019 that you will have been faithful, that we will have grown, that we will be soaring at new heights that we never thought possible. Father, bring our new day in Jesus' name.